What's up, guys? Brett Apley here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks here on the Mayo Media Network. As always, make sure you subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment below who your favorite DraftKings play of the week is. Always look forward to reading those. Uh, Going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and my fade of the week for UFC Vegas 26, which is Fight Night Marina Rodriguez versus Michelle Waterson in the main event on Saturday. Now, without further ado, let's get right into the picks. My cash game play this week is going to be Gregor Gillespie, who can be had for 8.9K. All right, we have a very similar situation here with Gregor Gillespie as we had with Marab Devalishvili last week. Gillespie, 8.9K, is a minus 175 favorite over Diego Fajera, and he is a very high-volume wrestler, NCAA D1 champion. He lands 7.02 takedowns per 15 minutes, 47% accuracy, which is just an incredible rate. And he has excellent ground and pound, excellent jujitsu as well. He's just a, a high volume wrestler. So when he wins, it's going to come from takedowns. It's going to come from many strikes. It's going to come from lots of control and potentially a, a finish. And in Gillespie's DraftKings career, He's won a handful of fights, and he scored 105, 129, 121, 117, 128, and 146 points. As he climbs the rankings, I mean, there's potential for him to succeed a little bit less, but I just think we're going to see more maybe losses come from him. He is coming off that uh, knockout loss to Kevin Lee in 2019. That's the last time he's fought, and that's probably why he's maybe only minus 175 against Diego Fajera. But the point is, in cash games, I mean, this guy has an untouched ceiling on this slate and an untouched floor, in my opinion, in, in a win. I do think Gillespie could lose this fight, and unlike... Marab versus Stamen last week, like in tournaments, if you're not going to be on Gillespie, I do think you should be on Fajera because when Gillespie fails, I think it's going to come probably from a knockout loss or a submission loss. I think Diego Fajera is a pretty intriguing tournament option at his price, maybe a bit of leverage against the popular Gillespie this weekend. But in cash games, I'm not thinking twice about it. You only have to pay up to 8.9K. Uh, inside distance line is plus 285, but it doesn't even matter. If Gillespie wins by decision, he's very capable of scoring um, 100 points or more. And in his only decision win, he has scored 105 points. Diego Fajera is coming off a loss in which he gave up five takedowns and more than seven minutes of control. So it's not as though he can't be out-wrestled. And I definitely think Gillespie has the skills, the pace, the volume to do it. 8.9K, Gillespie is my cash game play of the week. Moving on to tournaments, I'm going to give out Marcos Rogerio de Lima at 9.1K for my tournament play of the week. He is minus 190 to beat Maurice Green, and this is a bit of a, a, a yucky fight, so to speak, but it's a heavyweight fight that should end inside the distance. The line for it to end inside the distance is minus 350. That is the best on the entire slate, and Lima has a minus 122 inside the distance line himself. That is also the best inside distance line on the entire slate. And typically, when DeLima wins, it comes early. His victories in the UFC, first round knockout, first round knockout, first round submission, first round knockout, one unanimous decision, and a first round knockout. And when he loses, for the record, uh, first round submission, second round submission, second round submission, first round submission, first round submission. So it's pretty likely that this fight's going to end inside the distance. Um, I think Delima's a, a, a better, more powerful striker than Green, and he probably has a wrestling advantage here. 
He's improved a bit in recent fights, and Green has just not looked great. He won some low-level fights early in his UFC career, but his last four fights, first-round knockout loss to Sergey Pavlovich, second-round submission loss to Alexi Olenek, um, then he won third-round arm triangle against Jean Vellante, and a second-round knockout loss to Greg Hardy. So in his last four fights, he's lost three times, and he's been finished in the first or second round all three times. I think there's a pretty good chance that DeLima can either knock him out early or take him down, ground and pound him out, maybe even submit him, who knows. But if DeLima wins, I do think it's very likely to come inside the distance. I think he has a high, uh, I think he has high knockout equity, and that's going to score very well on DraftKings. Do you have to consider Lima as the best tournament option on the entire slate? Not necessarily. I mean, this is a very tough range. Klein's viable. Marina Rodriguez in the main event, who we'll talk about. Gregor Gillespie, who we already talked about. And then even 9K and below. Neil, Rebos, Benoit Harris, etc. There are a lot of um, high upside fighters on this card. So I don't know that you have to plant your flag here. But look, this fight is very likely to end inside the distance. It's very likely to end early. The under one and a half rounds is set at minus 135, and again, DeLima has uh, typically wins early in fights. In, um, on DraftKings, he scored 113, 130, 95, 80, and 108 in his victory. So that finishing equity, the knockout equity, uh, is pretty high here, and I think if DeLima wins, he's pretty likely to exceed value and has a good chance to be competitive for the optimal lineup. Minus 190 to win, one point, um, 9.1K. He's going to be my tournament play of the week. Moving on to my salary play of the week, I'm going to target again the main event underdog in Michelle Waterson at 7K. Didn't work out too well for us with Dominic Reyes last week. That was just an excellent performance from from Yuri. Like, wow, I could not believe the pace and the the volume and I I thought he had good durability and supposedly he said today that he was actually knocked unconscious by that upkick, but man, that dude that dude might be champion sooner than later. Anyways, for the main event underdog this weekend, to me, it's it's more it's more about the price than the matchup. Though I am I do think Michelle Waterson is very viable to win this fight as the underdog. She's plus one seventy five. It's kind of a striker versus grappler matchup in a lot of ways. I mean, Rodriguez definitely has an edge on the feet, a sharper striker, higher volume. She might even be able to hurt and finish Michelle Waterson. However, she tends to slow down a little bit, and her biggest weakness has been takedown defense and scrambling when she gets taken down she often gives up an entire round uh, or she gets 10 aided against Cynthia Calvillo for example takedown defense 59 percent Michelle Watterson lands 1.52 takedowns per 15 minutes coming off a main event against Angela Hill in which she attempted 18 takedowns I don't love her wrestling she's more of a judo head and arm type player and I don't think it's going to work super well for her but the problem with Rodriguez is if she gets taken down once she might just get held on her back for the entire round and Michelle Watterson is a very solid submission grappler she's very capable of controlling opponents on the mat capable of taking the back etc and if she just lands two takedowns in this fight she might win if she lands three takedowns she might dominate so um, I, I definitely think Waterson is live, especially in a five-round fight. 
And at 7K, it's tough to ignore. Again, you can pay up for Marina Rodriguez at 9.2K, but you're going to have to compete with the likes of Klein and Lima and Neil Gillespie, Rebus, etc. There aren't as many punt options that I like. So 7K, Michelle Waterson in a fight where, you know, it's minus 205 to go the distance. She has a pretty safe floor. We know how well grappling scores, win or lose. So if she can just land a takedown or two, I think she's going to score pretty well for that price. And she's only plus 175 to win. She's not even a massive underdog. Um, and any sort of win from Watterson, I think, will put her on the optimal lineup. I mean, she beat Angela Hill and landed one takedown and scored 100 points. At 7K, we don't even need 100 points. I would take 80, but... Um, there's, there's a lot of fighters on the slate that I want to pay up for, and I think targeting, getting a piece of exposure to the main event, especially a fighter who can grapple, who has upside, who has five-round experience, I think sets up well in terms of lineup construction. So uh, Michelle Watterson, tough matchup for her, but I like her style from a DraftKings perspective. There are enough concerns with Rodriguez that I think she has a path to victory, and at 7K, she's going to be my salary play of the week. Finally, my fade of the week. This one's really tough um, because I don't, I don't really want to give out a fade above the mid-range. But just as an example, the kind of fighters I'd be looking to fade are the fighters who are more, you know, knockout dependent, like a, a, a Ludovic Klein up at nine point four K, who's probably knockout or bust. Jeff Neal might be knockout or bust. The fighter I'm going to give out officially is Ryan Benoit at 8.7K, who is also very knockout or bust. And he is very, very knockout or bust because he doesn't really do much of anything. He only lands 2.95 significant strikes per minute, has some of a wrestling background, but he's only averaging 0.33 takedowns per 15 minutes. Um, I don't think he's ever even landed two takedowns in a fight. He's landed two total takedowns in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight UFC fights. So he just is kind of dependent on the power. He's just a bad style to score well on DraftKings. And at 8.7K, we need a big score from him in this range. Um, and it, it kind of says a lot that in his last victory, it was a third round knockout and he only scored 73 points. Prior to that, he won a decision and scored 58 points. And then in 2015, he has a second-round knockout over Sergio Pettis, and he scored 97 points. So he has never even scored 100 points on DraftKings. I think he's very dependent on a knockout. The reason why I'm hesitant to say, oh, he's a true fade, is because he is facing Zaruk Adeshev, who was knocked out um, in like 20 seconds in his UFC debut and was a little bit hurt by Suma Dierji in his last fight. So I actually do think, like theoretically, Benoit, could knock Adeshev out, and maybe it comes early. So you don't have to fade Benoit if you don't want to, but he's so, so limited um, in terms of his path to the optimal lineup on that early knockout. And with low volume, low wrestling, he's not like a great technical striker either. It's just hard for me to pull the trigger, especially at this price tag. Plus, his betting line keeps dropping to the point that he's only minus 125 on a bunch of sites. And that's probably because Adeshev is a more technical striker than him. So am I going to pay up to 8.7K for a minus 125 favorite who's desperate to win by first round knockout to end up on the optimal lineup, who's only plus 285 inside the distance? It's not really my cup of tea. Maybe if you're making 150 lineups, you can have some exposure to him, but I'll be very light on Benoit at this price in my portfolio. So Ryan Benoit is going to be officially my fade of the week there at 8.7K. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this week's 
UFC quick picks here on the Mayo Media Network. As always, make sure to subscribe to the channel, guys, and like the video. Uh, DailyFanMMA.com for all your DraftKings needs. We got full breakdowns, projections, podcasts, rankings, betting content, PFL, Bellator, everything you could possibly want. DailyFanMMA.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, AppRightAppley, double T, double P. Best of luck in your contest this week, guys. Take care. Stay safe. We'll see you soon. Peace.